Caleb? Do you feel like a podcaster yet? I feel like we've done this before. Have we done this before? Have we? No, we. No, we're not losing our minds. Wait, are we? What reality are we in right now? Oh no! Oh boy! <laughs> we've oh. we've killed all our listeners' ears with our bad recordings. We didn't have to do this. Oh, we never no. had to record in the first place. We white phosphorus their ears. Uh, oh, we are we are <laughs> I'm stuck. A monster. We are stuck, gentlemen, in Dubai. And I mean that metaphorically. I'm buried. <laughs> Help me. Help me. I'm buried in sand. Oh, no. This intro has gone on long enough. Guys, welcome to the Crit Crew. We are talking about a game I have managed to mention in every single episode, Spec Ops The Line. Hmm. That, that has like been fact-checked. I wonder if yep. this month I wonder if this month was formulated around this game. You bet it was. <laughs> if I could have done Spec Ops The Line month, you bet I would have done that. But yeah, this is the conclusion to my, my month of war. Um, David's war. Warboy month. What a war my Warboy month. Yeah, and uh, we are closing on a real humdinger of a game. What a humdinger. Um, uh, do you want me to just like jump right into the synopsis? Can we get into that humdinger? Can we just say, though, how amazing it is that David got us to play this game? <laughs> like, as soon as I played... I played this back in December. I'm pretty sure before we started recording. Uh-huh. And it's just like, hey, Max, you gotta play this. And he's like, nah. Like, hey, but really, you gotta play this. He's like, nah. And then we started a podcast, and I'm like, maybe I can find a way to get Max to play this. <laughs> not that not that I didn't want you to play it, Caleb, but considering how much Max hates, like, right. first-person military shooters. And I've played it before yeah. as well. It's just been a, a hot minute since I've played it. it th- this has literally been, talking about this game, a goal of mine since probably actually November this when is, I was deciding to buy this game. This is the Dark Souls you know, this is my Dark Souls, essentially. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it because there is a lot to talk about in this game and I don't want this episode to be super long. Um, so I need to, there's, this game is more like a movie in a way. Like there is so much that happens yeah. that I'm going to do a serious disservice to this plot but we really can't talk about this game without telling you everything that happens. Um, it's so kind of, from, we just have to kind of go through it, yeah. Yeah, so so for people that are familiar with this, I am going to butcher it in the sense that I'm going to be glossing over a lot, but in the interest of time, I'm giving you the bullet points. So some context for this game, before you even begin, um, well, this game is told at the beginning very non-linearly. There are a lot of details that you pick up as you go. I'm just going to tell it straightforward to save you all some time. Um, so before the even the like events of the ba- game begin, Dubai is devastated by sandstorms, like buried basically. Um, Colonel John Conrad, who is the commander of the Dam Thirty Third Battalion of the Army, was heading back from Afghanistan deployment, but he decided to stay in Dubai to help like evacuation and refugees and to help people that were affected by this natural disaster. <laughs> this goes good, good terribly. Guy, good guy. Yeah, he's good intentions, mm. right? This goes terribly. Um, martial law ends up being declared. The U.S. loses control of the city. The CIA um, sort of sends in the team to figure out what's going on and begins aiding resistance efforts to fight the 33rd, which ends up leading to a ceasefire. Um, later, a distress call is picked up from Conrad saying that his attempted evacuation of the city is a complete failure and that there's been an incredible death toll. The phrase I, that- the phrase I believe he used is... Um, death toll too many which is yeah. very dire yes 
so when this game begins, it actually the game begins in the middle of the story where you're flying through Dubai on a helicopter, like on a helicopter, fighting other helicopters. Um, you end up crashing, and then it actually jumps back to the beginning of the game. So mm. a lot of timelines going on right now. <laughs> a lot of stuff to keep straight. All right, I'm going to try to fly through this as fast as you can. Um, you are a three-person Delta Force team. You are led by Walker, who is the player character, the person you play as. And the other two people on your team is Lugo and Adams. Um, your mission is to locate survivors. Uh, the U.S. has picked up this distress call from Conrad. So you're going to find this where this call is coming from, locate any survivors. And then because the sandstorm is blocking any communications, you have to like leave the edges of the sandstorm to radio command once you find everything. So you're basically going in blind. Mm-hmm. Um, the game opens. It's very lighthearted in a way. Like you guys are being professional, but you're kind of casually joking around, not taking it super seriously. But when you get to the beacon, you find a dead 33rd soldier and are attacked by local fighters. Um, you fight on. You hear a radio transmission from the 33rd asking for backup. They're under attack. Obviously, the ceasefire has come to an end. Um, and you come to back up the raid, but all of them are killed except for one guy who points you in the direction of the 33rd. So you guys decide. We need to figure out why the 33rd is under attack. How can we help them? We're going to go further in. Uh, While you're fighting, you are introduced to a character known as the Radio Man. There's a whole PA system rigged throughout the city. And there's a guy acting as basically a DJ. Um, Later on in the game, he begins actively taunting you. Mm -hmm. Um, So you you eventually find out that the CIA is fighting the 33rd. And the 33rd is rounding up civilians. So you decide to bis- disobey your orders and continue into the city to fight Conrad. Yeah, this is sort of getting answers. There, there's like a turning point where like all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, 33rd baddies, 33rd yeah, baddies. Like, yeah. You guys are like, we are shooting U.S. military, and your response is, they're going to kill us. Like right. they're rounding up civilians. What is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth noting that Walker and Conrad fought together in the past. Conrad actually saved Walker's life in Kabul, I think. Yeah, that's um, actually a pretty important detail. I th- yeah. think. Um, here is where I really ramp it up and gloss over a lot. Um, as you continue to fight the resistance and the 33rd respectively, you end up teaming up with a CIA CIA agent Gould, who is trying to help you figure out what's going on, but he ends up getting killed. Um, later while you're attacking a heavily fortified 33rd position, you use white phosphorus, which is, I recommend you don't look it up because the pictures are very grim. Not a good thing to Um, do. No, white phosphorus is a uh, chemical that basically burns people. It, it's a chemical weapon that burns people alive, essentially. This is um, like the turning point of the game. Yeah, this is <laughs> like, I can I jumped over probably an hour of gameplay in two minutes. Um, you use the white phosphorus to attack this position, and then you, when you go through the devastation, you end up finding that you accidentally killed, I think, 47 civilians. You find that they were in the very back of this area, and you killed them, which... Uh, affects the team a lot. Everyone is starting to turn on each other a little bit. Yeah, we'll we'll um, be we'll be back to that scene. We'll I, be coming there's back. There's no to way we're not going to be back to that scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, you decide to continue on. Um, you find a radio that connects Walker directly to Conrad, who also begins taunting you, um, saying that what are you doing here? You're causing a lot of devastation too. Um, glossing over even more, you meet up with another CIA agent, Riggs, who is trying to raid the water supply to cripple the thirty third. Um, Walker and the team help, but the car kind of crashes, or the truck with the water. But you find out that Riggs's goal was actually to destroy the water supply, so the entire population of Dubai dies, leaving no one to really talk about how the U.S. 33rd came in and committed war crimes and 
lost their like, shit. Bas- mm-hmm. Yeah, basically prevent a war from breaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's worth mentioning in the game, at this point, the team's mental state is bad. Yeah, like, mental state is a pretty big factor in this game. It's a very mm-hmm. big part of this game. So when you start out, just as one example, we'll talk more details later. Mm-hmm. When you start out, like your barks, like the things you're yelling to your team is like, oh, I got a tango. I'm reloading. It's yelling, but it's like very clipped. And then it becomes, I killed the motherfucker. I'm fucking reloading. Also, the, um, the executions become more and more animalistic the further you yeah, get Yeah, it in. goes... It goes from, like, simply beating someone with a rifle butt to repeatedly beating it until their head is bashed in. It gets Mm -hmm. rowdy. Um, So you decide at this point to go to the radio man, like, find the tower where he's transmitting from, um, and you succeed. You get there. uh, Lugo kills him, saying that we didn't have a choice, and Walker takes the radio and announces to the town, we're going to evacuate everyone. Um, And you steal helicopters to get off this tower, and that's where it cuts back to the place where it started well, you destroy you the tower hu- too like you yeah you totally destroy this tower to the point where like uh, your your group is like all right what <laughs> let's please go. move on let's move like, on all right, there's, like, no, there's no more there's no more tower yeah, you can't it's you can't, you can't break that you can't break this anymore but i, I yeah, find it I, interesting also during that moment walker just starts screaming like just with yeah. this like enthused you know just at this point screaming. the whole team is essentially unhinged yeah mm-hmm um, Unhinged is Walker a good word. especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you steal the helicopters and it crashes like the beginning of the game. Um, after the crash, you're alone and you actually see a vision of the Burj Khalifa, which is, I think, if not the tallest tower in Dubai, it's pretty goddamn tall. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where Conrad is. That's sort of where you've been heading towards. But you see this vision of the tower on fire, surrounded by corpses of the people you killed, just to give you an example of the mental state. Pretty yeah. rowdy. Yeah. Um, as you're alone, you reunite with Adams, and you try to make your way towards Lugo, but you come at the very, like, at the last, mm. like, you come to find that he's been lynched by civilians. Yeah. Um, you two decide to fight on to Conrad, but you're finally cornered by the remaining 33rd forces outside of his tower. Um, you want to keep going, but Adams kind of gives up and chooses to fight to the death. He pushes you off this little post where you're at, um, and you finally make it to the tower to meet Conrad. They're only, like, 833rd, and they're like, we're all that's left of the force. You beat us. Congrats. T- like, Conrad's at the top of the tower. So you go in, and Conrad's like, do you feel like a hero yet? Like, you've been just as, like, you've, I'm just as sane as you are. You caused as much destruction as I did. So you get to the top of the tower to see Walk- uh, Conrad is just, like, painting, sort of, like, without a care in the world. Mm-hmm. You two have a discussion. He's painting also, like, the image of the scene of, like, the mother holding... Her child, yeah, which is like we haven't, we haven't got into that, but but, but it, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he there's... walks behind the painting, and when you go to catch up with him, like he's not there. So you walk to the balcony at the tower to find that Conrad is dead. Like you see his corpse holding a gun. He killed himself. His old um, corpse too, not his young. Yeah, that's yeah. like the pretty, important detail. pretty old. Yeah, not pretty old fresh. Um, at this point, the walker, the, the Conrad that you've been seeing, walks out from behind you, and the line is actually pretty good. He says, "It seems like uh, reports of my survival have been." Um, exaggerated and he says like you're seeing a vision like things are coming undone right now mm-hmm. and he explains that he's been dead for a while after you use that white phosphorus you couldn't really handle what you've done so you kind of created this image of conrad in your mind to pass blame off and it shows flashbacks of like at, earlier on conrad forces you to kill two civilians that are hanging but it cuts back to show that there were actually just two corpses. Two corpses. I actually like want to get, already... get back to that scene at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, yeah. And he reminds you that your orders were originally 
go find the beacon, see if they're survivors, leave the storm wall, and the U.S. will send in more troops. You didn't have to be here. You didn't have to do any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that you need to pay for your crimes, and Conrad is holding a gun at you. Um, and at this point, there are three endings. You can choose to shoot yourself, which ends with um, showing the tower and showing Dubai on fire, playing over Conrad's last distress call. Mm-hmm. Or you can shoot Conrad, and he says, like, I hope you can live with what you've done. And then it cuts to the next day where you're outside and the U.S. come in to a very shell-shocked walker. And you can either hop in the car with them to be taken home. Um, The line at the end of that is like, we're really glad you survived. And Walker says, who says I did? Or you can just totally go nuts, shoot all the U.S. military that came there to save you, pick up the radio, say welcome to Dubai, and just start walking around. Hmm. That's the game. Mm -hmm. And we brushed over a whole lot, but... I just wanted to give you guys the idea of what happened so we can really start digging into the meat of this thing. Sorry about the long explanation. Let's start a critten. <laughs> David did his homework. I need to stop For talking. One of you guys start talking doing so I can take... <laughs> Someone start talking so I can take a break for a second. From his thesis paper. <laughs> his thesis. Oh. So yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the game kind of like falls into acts. So I'll be the first to say that the beginning of the game matters very little. I don't know about that. I don't know. I just it, I felt like I was just I, I feel looking or like reflecting back on it that I was not into the game for a bit. Um, yeah, I think it's and I think it's by design. I was I was kind of like I was almost like playing to get start getting to the yeah. meat of things. Would you consider the meat of things to be the white phosphorus scene, or was there a turning point for you earlier than that? I think it was the white phosphorus. Actually, it is worth noting. Um, <laughs> I actually think that there are some really nice visual elements to this game, and I'll get to that at some point. Um, in particular, though, I think they did a really interesting job with color. Why don't and you talk about it now? I can talk about it now, yeah. So, this ga- the game is actually, like, there's some really smart color decisions. And they're not playing around with complementary co- colors. They're playing around with really interesting color palette choices. Um, Y'all are about to get fine arts. There's a lot of really interesting, like, orange and green scenes, mm-hmm. which is not... That's not a very standard relationship in terms of color. It's yeah. a weird... But it works really well. Yeah. Um, they do... A, Orange is a weird color to begin with, and it's mm-hmm. actually like I would say this is I would say that this is an orange game. Well, I feel like uh, oh yeah, despite the sand, the sand, the sand, and the, sun. The sand and the sun, they just really. But they could have gone for red or a yellow. They really stick to an orange. I think they do. Um, well, and it, it's easy for this game. I mean, I remember before it came out, it's it went through a lot of redevelopment, um, and mm-hmm. until it eventually arrived here, um, it was originally just pitched as being sort of. I mean, Spec Ops has been a franchise for quite some time. They were wanting this to be just an open combat shooter in the desert. So a lot of just beige and, I mean, Hmm. that's essentially what the color palette was going to be. But then they, you know, decided to kind of flip it in another direction. And like you said, Hmm. they they have taken some choices that, I mean, every area (laughs) has a very distinct aesthetic. the, hotel the hotels, has especially, really, like really good color use. I mean, the interiors have some phenomenal color use. Yeah, and it's cool because one of the things in this game is that sand is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of areas where, like, what you're trying to do is to shoot out like big windows to mm-hmm. like, and it's weird because like you're literally shooting out windows so that like sand can pour in, collapse and get out into of buildings. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's an interesting effect that happens where you'll be in an area that has a color environment. 
and then you'll shoot out a window, and then the sand pours in, and mm-hmm. as the sand pours in, the orange pours in, mm-hmm. and it like supersedes the entire color. It, it's color also that was in the area. It's also really should... interesting, like the limitation of the hardware, because as it's pulling in, the rest of the scenery in the backdrop has a haze to it. It's like there's a reverse texture pop in that happens, where it mm. sort of just like becomes foggier and foggier, but it makes that impact of the sand flowing in even more dramatic, which I think is like mm. a really smart hardware or technical choice that they didn't have to do. Um, and that's, you know, and this, and this is like the first like big separation for me. Like I, I tend to get bored of bland colors, bland color palette, first person shooters. And it could have been I, that too. And it could have, and, yeah. and I can't, I can't criticize spec ops color. I think they did a very <laughs> good job with it. You know, it might be worth mentioning before we get too pulled into the little details to sort of talk about, like, we p- covered the plot, but it's kind of bare bones. So it's worth mentioning, like, why we're talking about this game. It is a critique on modern FPS shooters. Yeah, and they, like, this whole, mm-hmm. this they whole set game out exists. for that. Yeah, like, all the marketing, which actually, I mean, I'm not going to bore you guys with a decision, like, a discussion on marketing and its use. But it was very. It was billed as a very standard shooter, mm-hmm. and the beginning of the game starts out like that. But it slowly turns, especially with that white phosphorus scene. Mm-hmm. Where it like when you think about how this game ends and how it begins, it is crazy to think that it's the same game. Mm-hmm. Oh but no! Like, yeah. just, the, I think if anything, I'm going to link. If Caleb, if you put up a post on the Facebook, I'll link the end scene because that's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. But like. When you find out when Conrad's like, you didn't have to be here. You were disobeying orders. He's basically talking directly to the player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you just wanted to feel like a hero. You just wanted to come in. War yeah. is not, well, a, like, this it, is not what war is. In, there are people that are going to die. And that's sort of, like, why, that's why I think, you know, the first, I would say, six chapters really go by at such a quick clip. And it feels very inconsequential compared to the rest of the game. But I think it's... It's lulling you into the expectations of what you'd get from a AAA third-person shooter. I mean, especially thinking about what this came out to. I mean, it was in the same time frame as a, a Gears of War, uh, another mm-hmm. third-person shooter. So I think it's it's smart of them to have pitched it in that direction, and then to have you know the opening chapters just be you know just a kind of like. You know, a, a third-person shooter that you're familiar with. Um, I, I mean, like, mm-hmm. and actually, just... I, I have a really I, an observation on those first chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those first chapters function as a visual descent. Um, as mm-hmm. you're playing, all of the actions that you're trying to do as you're making your way towards the gate, which is eventually where the fo- white phosphorus scene will play out. Mm-hmm. Your actions entirely revolve around descending buildings. You're trying to make your way down to the ground level through things. I am so glad you noticed um, that. <laughs> that. Sometimes, like that, to the that point. along that is not an. I don't think that's an accident. Sometimes and to the point no, of like while, where you fall out a fucking window and then yeah, like <laughs> major descent. And yeah. while you're while you are going through this descent, I have a number of quotes written down. Uh, quotes like. Orders are worth breaking if they save lives. This is about doing what's right. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something about, like, these, like, super machismo soldiers saying shit like that while they slowly make their descent and shoot, shoot. And that's terrorists yeah it's it's just like civilians fighting for their lives yeah no Um, you couldn't see this i said i said terrorists in the hopes to highlight my air quotes that i gave that as well like the game starts out 
Lugo is kind of a jokester. He's like casually talking, like I wish there were ladies to see how attractive I look. Um, you're just like very. You're joking with each other. When you're fighting, there's a scene where you go into sort of a club, or and it's playing "Hush" by Deep Purple. Like as you're fighting, it's like the na 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 na. Like it feels like you're just in like an '80s war movie, and like it just has that feel to it. And then, like Max said, you're in Dubai, like tallest buildings in the world, and somehow you continue. To, to keep sinking further, lower yeah. and lower every time you feel like... Like, there are literal parts where you're fighting and, like, there's a sinkhole that opens below you and pulls you in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and descent. once you hit the white the white phosphorus gate segment, which, honestly, we're just going to have to talk about that soon, um, you don't descend as much anymore. I mean, the, yeah. like, at a certain point, you're kind of, like, at the ground level and you're kind of scraping your way through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is kind of around that point. That's where you're then just kind of there. Do you want to talk about the white phosphorus now? We we really do need to just do that, don't I we? I mean, no no one wants to. But it is <laughs> like the most it want... is the most important So scene this is this life. is also like an interesting thing that I wanted to talk about. You're not really given much choice throughout the entire game except for one instance right before the phosphorus scene. You have a choice to follow the order of one or the suggestion, I would say, of one of your teammates. Either you break up, so there's a scene where there are. Uh, I mentioned Gould earlier, that CIA agent. He ends up getting captured. Yeah, so he's and... he's captured. Um, there are other people around, civilians who um, are being shot, um, and you're given the option to take out those people immediately, or just kind of sneak around and sneakily take them out and save the other hostages in the area, and it's curious and I'm, maybe i can get your guys's opinion why have that choice before because you immediately you go from that point fight on a little bit more and then you end up with the white phosphorus moment um, that that segment was stupid i i just for the life of me i thought that it was going to lead to a much more substantial payoff but i felt like it was being a little disingenuous and maybe teeing you up for maybe this will matter and then ultimately you get to a big decision that colors the rest of the entire game so right you're literally bringing up one segment which didn't work for me at all um i I actually had a glitch happen during that where i'd beaten everybody (laughs) and there was still a dude who was hiding away i just was like kind of stuck in that area for a while Um, also that segment reads really poorly because i was like oh, I can save the civilians. So I shot the person who had the civilians. The civilians ran away, but then the mm. game was like, what happened? Yeah. Like, it, it, like yeah. That's, that segment is huh. not good. That segment's I mean, realistically, I, that, that, that segment is actually one of my biggest complaints of the yeah. game. Yeah, it's not... Well, I mean, realistically, what it's setting up is getting you in the mindset of trying to justify, like, one person's life versus another. Like, okay. getting you to make those sort of decisions. Right. And then also, it's not like, save these people versus save this people. It's more framed as... Do you want to listen to Lugo's suggestions or Adams? Right, and it sort of starts like that, the like fracture in your team. But, but it's it, it doesn't it work. Does, but that's right. what they're trying you're to right. set it up. It does create a fracture, but I a fracture that like really has been brewing for most of the game. Um, even though you guys get through some very hairy situations together, um, but I just thought it it was a very convoluted uh, tease of something that like ultimately just didn't matter. 
I think that there's so many there's so many good things to talk about. I think that that's one of the bad things. I think that I think that segment's just not good. Okay. Um, yeah. Just wanted to get your feedback on. So yeah, it. that yeah. That white, the white, white, fo- white phosphorus though. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, I want to talk like, about the good. <laughs> yeah. With that scene, Lugo is like, like white phosphorus is fucking dangerous. We can't do this to people. Walker says we don't have a choice. Um, and granted, you can choose to not use it, but you die. Like it's impossible to get through oh, that situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like you can choose to stay and fight, but then the thirty oh. third, I think, sends in paratroopers or something, hmm. or like hmm. you just get overwhelmed. It gets rowdy. Um, At least they so, yeah, put that on there. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, so with that scene, you're looking at like an overhead thermal view, and you're just like trying to take out the different people fighting you. And at one point, Adams is the one like calling shots, like telling you what to look for. He's like, there are a whole bunch of like uh, tangos at the very end of this compound. Get them. And like you move it, like you just see like a bunch of people, and you, you use white phosphorus. Dur- By the way, during this whole time, you can just hear people screaming. Yeah, yeah, you're it just like it's pleasant. a bombing, it's a bombing run. Yeah, so like we said, <coughs> when you finally stop and like walk through, you find one soldier who's like basically dying, and you say, and he says, "Why did you do this?" And you're like, "We, I can't remember what Walker says specifically." Uh, um, you asked for this. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like you did this to yourself, and he just says, "We were trying to help." Um, and then you come to the realization that something's wrong, and then you walk into that back compound that you like, and it's just like the burned corpses of dozens of civilians. And it keeps yeah. cutting. Yeah. Walker is looking at the image of this like <laughs> like burned mother holding her child, and just mm-hmm. like he keeps zooming in on that while like Lugo is in the background yelling like he turned us into fucking killers, and Adam is trying to get him to calm down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is worth. Well, there's also a, like that's there's a, a really well framed sequence because you're like walking into a like space and there's like a very framed like there there is there's very much a framed scene of yeah this this mother holding her child and covering her eyes and they're both just you you can look it up you can look this up but I don't know your temperament the, it's a bad it's, scene yeah it's bad it's, there are challenging images if you're going to go searching for stuff on this game what were you going to say uh, there's like a really great I mean the the cutscenes I feel like up until this point have been very by the number in terms of their execution but they keep cutting back i mean in the background they sort of blur out the audio of adams and um lugo talking um and it's just a close-up of walker's face and the mother and daughter's face and then he sort of blinks and like he has a moment of what have i just done and then it just snaps back and there's like this weird moment where he just flips into i need to push this down i just need to we need to keep going we need to keep going um and in fact he says that right afterwards but it's it's interesting thinking thinking back on the scene that that is literally the moment that he's committing himself to the conrad thing yeah Mm -hmm. like that where like he literally is like creating an alternate perception of reality for himself so that he can deal with what he's done and there, uh, which makes that scene like even in, like playing it the first time, not knowing that it's one thing, but playing and then seeing that scene a second time as like, oh, like, oh boy, oh boy, as a doozy. There's some. Yeah. There's his brain is really trying to piece things together to let, allow him to cope with this. And that doesn't really come through at first, but the game actually does a lot of. It shifts a lot in the way to sort of reflect walker's mental state mm-hmm. so like we said like the whole team sort of goes down the rabbit hole with it like they all start like bar- like they're just like it becomes solely about a ve- revenge like the barks are no longer about defense and safety and conveying orders it's like i killed the motherfucker get that bitch like brutal and then like yes. caleb said the executions are crazy but there are also a lot of other things like 
there are layers text on the loading screen like when you start the game it's like if you're being attacked from distance use a ranged weapon use a silencer to be like and it's like very just like tooltips but as the game goes on i actually pulled some of the like quotes like one the images become more surreal of like walker standing in the rain and mm-hmm. like the text will say like this is all this is all your fault or you are still a good person mm-hmm. and the, my favorite I- which my uh, favorite, which is a fourth wall break, is the U.S. military does not con- condone the act of killing civilians. But this isn't down. real, so why should you care? I wrote that down, wow. too. Dude, that that quote that's is so great. good. I saw that, yeah, and I was so, like, wow, that's yeah, so like, crazy. It just, and then there are also a lot of... These are kind of... Some are hidden, some are not. There are hallucinations in the game. Like, mm-hmm. at one point, the like light... You go into this building, and the lights start flashing, and you're shooting all these enemies that are coming out of nowhere. And then you snap out to realize you've been shooting mannequins. Yep. Um... Mm-hmm. And then there's another point where there are actually some really hidden ones. Like at one point you're rappelling down right before Conrad has you shoot those two corpses, basically mm-hmm. for a very brief second, the reflection of you hanging is in the window. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Conrad's huh. face will actually also appear on billboards periodically. But at one point, like when you're going to fight the radio man, you go down a zip line and you tackle a guy that wasn't looking. And all of a sudden he becomes Adams and yes. he's like, yeah. and you have to beat him to death. Yeah. And after Lugo dies, you're fighting this guy um, who will alternately like become Lugo yelling like, you left me here to die. Mm-hmm. How did you do this to me? Like the game, it gets rowdy. Like mm-hmm. it just gets mm-hmm. real bad. And actually I want to talk about that, that hangman segment a little bit um, yeah. because that's a really interesting visual scene. Um, there's a like, so basically at, at a certain point you are you walk over to a like bridge overhanging and there are two hanging people. Uh in truth they're both dead, but a, a mm-hmm. Walker sees them as two living people and gets a radio or it gets in contact with Conrad again who I guess is a ghost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> gets in contact with Ghost Soldier. No, but gets in contact with, you know, is hallucinating a situation where um, he's having a morality decision to shoot one yep. of the two men. One is a soldier, and the other one is a civilian who stole water. The soldier was sent to find the civilian and uh, kill the civilian's family in the process of apprehending him. And Conrad's saying you have to kill one of them. You have to kill one of them, right. Um, there are a bunch of choices there, too. But the thing from that really stuck with me is that's like a super interestingly framed sequence. Um, there's a incredibly strong one point visual perspective that I found really effective. In that like you stand there, you stand. Yeah, I wrote a lot like that. There's an interesting <laughs> framing to that one. You stand there and you have the two people. You have the tower, which is at your like your perfect horizon visual point line, and you have buildings on each side. Like it's just a really smart. It's visual a it's sequence. a tunnel, basically an open. It's a tunnel. tunnel. Yeah. But like yeah. it's it's one of those things where I'm like, wow. It was weird well, because I was literally teaching one point perspective it, the week as I was like, wow, that's yeah. really cool. Like this is just like they really paid attention and they were like, let's make a scene that has this like enormous expanse well, it, of space it's like, through perspective. It, it's really cool how they convey scope despite the technical limitations. I mean, the 360 and the PS3 were not designed to handle scapes like this, but it's the way that they choose to sculpt out some of those arenas for you to kind of Mm -hmm. shoot out in it creates a much larger scope than really can be pulled off um so yeah i think it's it's impressive that they're able to pull off stuff like this uh, despite Mm -hmm. itself do we have anything to say about the radio man 
Because I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was. He has. He has a very. He's not crucial, but I will say this: I think that the intelligence that you pick up throughout the game, which are basically the Radio Man logs, um, Mm -hmm. are incredibly fascinating to listen to and develop his character a lot more than what he ends up being in the game. Um, There's there's one in particular where you know after you shoot him and. you know, you're kind of finishing up the rest of the game. You find this painting on the ground with just a gun, you know, blowing its its brains out. Um, and he basically, like, gives a manifesto as to why he wants to start being a radio personality. He, he's yeah, like, like the, back, the background that you hear... Sorry, it's that... No, you're you, fine. You got this, Caleb. Like, the, you find intel recordings, and it's from the radio man that's like... You know, in World War II in Nazi Germany, there were radio people that helped the civilians get out. What if I did that yeah. here? Yeah. But like, like everyone else, he just sort of slowly lost his mind. Yeah. And like, I mean, in terms of like the grand critique and the narrative arc of this game, he isn't very important, but he is just so well voice acted. Yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. kind of like charismatic. Charming. Yeah, just very charming. Yeah. He's, a, yeah. he's, he's a very weird thing to have in the game. He's very jarring. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, like, which but, it does he, it does kind of like add to the semblance of like insanity there's so many different tones happening mm-hmm. but sometimes that like that's kind of an, an effective feel when you have like all these like hyper contrasting tonal things happening at the same time it really gives this sense of just like this is weird like i don't know how i'm perce- like how much would you even be perceiving some of these it, things? it's also incredibly surreal when you are like jumping into a combat scenario and you have a person narrating what's going on in like a very condescending way and then suddenly mm-hmm. flips on a track of the black angels <laughs> like yeah just really strange you know there's actually one moment that stands out for me with the radio man that's not again it's not big but it's it's just worth talking about um where you're as you're fighting through every time you kill a soldier you're like oh you killed that guy i love that guy yep, yep. Nah, i could have done without him yeah and at one point he's like where did all this violence come from is it video games? I bet it's video games. I bet it's video games. <laughs> like that's that's the attitude that you're getting while you're going through right. this game. Oh yeah, right. he, like he had a wife and kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was one day from retirement. Or he's like, are you going to clean up this? <laughs> yeah. Um, is it? I mean, is it worth talking about using a war video game to critique war video games and critique vi- use violence to critique violence? Well. Like we've, yes. we've covered Let's, that before. Yeah. Right? We, we can talk, yeah. I mean, we've, Hotline Miami uses violence to critique violence. True. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is kind of a. It, it's. It isn't. I think it is a pretty effective, and it's. You know, it is. It's effective in its own way. So, mm-hmm. uh, this war of mine. Yes. Not about violence. About the effect of violence. Yes. Um, this is taking a very different approach through, this is about violence by, this is, this is a game about violence and it talks about violence by being violent. Yeah. And it's very important that like, you are the one committing these acts because towards the Mm -hmm. end of the game, it is actively saying, why did you want to do this? Like, what, like, you're not always going to feel like the hero. Like you can't just come into a town and kill everyone and feel like you did it right. What's Mm -hmm. wrong with you? One of the things that I also thought was really interesting moving into the game, and I picked up on this like at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I made notes on it. You're in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lugo and Adams do not have they have they can give input, but they are not in charge at the end of the day. You are their superior. You can tell them what to do. And when you are the one making a bad call, like in the mm-hmm. white phosphorus, they are by association dragged into it. 
But they let you know they're not happy. They let you know they're not happy, that, but at the end of the day, they can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that That's something I didn't bring up, is like, the team becomes hostile to each other. There's actually a scene where um, you guys are talking, and uh, once Walker walks away, Adams is still sitting against a rock, like, makes a gun with his fingers and shoots at your direction. Mm-hmm. Like, by the end of it, you, everyone is just lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All gone. Um, so I think that's a good lead-in. Do you want to talk about how the game ends and why we chose the endings that we did and that sort of stuff? Yeah. There's... Okay. Well, one thing I thought was interesting is um, the ending sequence. Uh, you when you walk in, there's that you're walking into a giant aquarium area, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I thought is kind of interesting considering that the uh, that like water is this game is about water and sand. I mean, you have an entire plot point of the game about destroying the water in the area to kill everyone. It's a thirsty game. So it's interesting then that you would have this segment of like in the, it, it, there's there's time between these two, but you would have a segment of You've destroyed all the water, and then you like right. get you get you get to this end yeah. you get to this like end segment. And what are you greeted by? A very blue, yeah. glowing environment yeah. with huge bodies of water. A tower it adds of to the surrealism. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you? I mean, and it's also interesting if we're talking about more symbolism. That painting that we talked about that Conrad is making. So yes. he's like painting so, basically the scene of the white phosphorus civilians. It is very reminiscent of Guernica. Yes, it's, um, it's reminiscent. Picasso's, it's reminiscent of a lot of famous war, of like mm-hmm. of war paintings too. I'm not even going to try to like act like I have any authority on this segment, Max. If you want to talk about the art history, no, of this, no, I you mean, got it because I know nothing else other than hey, that looks like the Picasso one. It, yeah, it's. I mean, it's there. It's there are weird. Uh, there are elements channeling like several different uh, war paintings, which is really interesting. I mean, it is like. What's cool about that painting is I, I saw him painting it and I was like, is that a, is that a real, like, I, I literally was like, what? Is this a painting that I don't know about that actually, like, it feels, it feels convincingly significant. And I think mm-hmm. that's because it really is like this just brutal scene. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a question, Max, you, you knew nothing about this game going in, right? I knew that the game was a, was designed as a war critique. Did you? Okay, so I knew basically everything going in because I, I, I just heard it. I mean, you don't need to hear how I heard about it. But, like, I knew that Conrad wasn't actually alive by the end of it. Did you see that coming? Like, I, how did no, you react no, to that I, ending that was sequence? A, that was a really good, uh, that was a good twist. It's a good plot twist. I mean, if you've listened to the podcast now, you've, you've had it ruined for you. Right, um, you're welcome. But that is a good plot twist. I, it was, I, I found it very effective. And I, I, I was legitimately like, oh, shit. And then the game, and then, they, and then the game is like, then the game is like, um, you know, they they mm-hmm. they flash back to all of the situations where you've been talking to Conrad to Conrad on your walkie, or you've thought something's been going on, and the and walkie doesn't just, have a fucking battery yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. The, the walkie has no battery, and your dude is just standing there to himself. And Lugo and Adams are like, "Fuck, fuck is going on?" Let's, let's just say that that if uh, it's a radio that Carly would make from The Walking Dead. Oh, what a great in joke! I don't know what that means. I don't know what Carly does. Carly does a bunch of words. How do you not know that joke? There's a puzzle in The Walking Dead video. Oh, sorry, I thought we were talking about the show for some reason. No, 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 no. That part in The Walking Dead where you need to figure out how to turn the radio on. It's because Carly put the batteries in backwards. I do. Yeah. Okay. What a nice, nice pull there, David. Yeah. Good shit. Caleb, do you remember how you played this game a while ago? Do you remember yeah. if this caught you by surprise or how you felt? Yeah, I mean, like, do you remember the first time you I, played? I remember being surprised at how it did not feel like a cheap 
no twist not at all. all. No. I mean, yeah. you can pull the fight. I mean, I immediately was like, okay, they're leading us down. As soon as you walk in and the soldiers are lined up, I was expecting it to go into a direction of a fight club of you're in charge of your own madness sort of thing. And that's basically what it ends up being, but it doesn't feel like they're trying to ape it in any way. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's an earned twist. And it really also like sunk in my mind, like fuck your main character. Yeah, totally. Oh, you are not supposed to be rooting for him by the end. He is the worst character in the game by far. Mm -hmm. He is trash. Um, Which gets, which, gets to your end decision uh, i shot myself instantly i, do, I, I, think I was a... i was looking for a reason to bring the main character down because he's such a piece of shit i do, um, i would say that it's not it's more the result of the circumstances that he's been put in rather than he went into this game being a piece of shit no was he like, was no he's a bad character i'm not saying what he did was for, <laughs> like un, like it was unforgivable but you make it set like when you start this game, you're not going into it being yeah, like, oh man, right. Walker's the kind right. of guy that's going to commit war crimes. No, I know. It's also, but, it's but also, he he is so unable to accept his own decision that he broke from reality. It's also, um, very, and that's why I, he that's why I can't acknowledge him. It's mm-hmm. very interesting that he is uh, voiced by Nolan North, who is the most overused voice actor in all of video huh. games. He is mm-hmm. he yeah. is Drake from Uncharted. He's, yeah. So it's it's very. It's encouraging that he was able to really be such a despicable mm-hmm. martyr, basically a martyr. Um, uh, in something he's not like a that. martyr. Are you serious? He's not. He's, he's the he's definition not a of a martyr. No, he is to he is to be killed. He doesn't. He doesn't. Re- no, no, no. Because a martyr dies to represent something. He represents his own colossal his own failures. delusion. His own delusion. No, yeah, his own failures. He's not a martyr because a martyr implies that he is he ha, there is some merit to his sacrifice. The, yeah, the so, his sacrifice is selfish. I don't know that I would come down as strongly as Max's, or at least I'd reframe it. But like, so I knew basically all the like story beats of this game, but it still put me in this like really weird headspace. Like when you get to this decision, and you're choosing basically kill yourself or kill Conrad or the like illusion of whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, kill, kill the idea of Conrad. What like what? So there's a choice you make before this when you find Riggs who is pinned under the water truck and it's like catching on fire and he's like, "Please oh, yeah. kill me! Don't yeah. leave me to burn." And I'm sitting there thinking like, "Okay, either I can kill him and give him like the release, or I can let him burn for all the terrible stuff he did." And there was just this moment where I'm like, "I'm no better than him. Like I helped. I'm just mm-hmm. as terrible as he is." And that moment sort of crystallized. So like by the time I got to that choice, like trying to justify what is the right thing, like it just felt like I can't keep running from how terrible i am like mm. it's time for me to finally mm. face what i've done yeah and it's is super powerful the cyclical nature of it too is really appealing to me the the idea that you took the same path as conrad searching for conrad and it, it only felt it only felt thematically appropriate that you end the same as conrad but caleb you took the ending where you kill conrad right yes because i remembered that there was a post-credit playable sequence mm. Hmm. It is worth noting, there is no good ending. No. Like, even the one where Walker gets to go home, like I said, it ends with him saying, like, the soldier's like, well, we're glad you survived. And Walker says, who said that I did? Did, did I? He, the, he is a broken man. The, the most powerful moment for me. So, yeah, I chose to shoot the idea of Conrad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then... M- memory of Conrad. Memory of Conrad, rip. And yeah. I, I thought it was really... 
incredible. The the epilogue sequence is probably my favorite moment of the entire hmm. game by far. I think hmm. the wow. the really like there is a dramatic physically difference in in Walker, the way he just looks completely glazed and dead inside. He he's approaching with a purpose and when He's wearing Conrad's jacket. He is wearing Conrad's mm-hmm. jacket as well, but I think once you know the the backup arrives they say on the radio we have found him and then the you know the rest of the platoon they're just talking about how broken walker looks and how something just doesn't look right and then as soon as that line is said you are given the option to either hand over your gun or just open up in a blaze of glory um and it's just a very dramatic and like quiet moment that can go two extremely different ways but i thought it was presented so incredibly well mm-hmm. um i have i've watched the that segment afterwards since i knew that it got cut short there i mean all yeah. three endings are really good and actually yeah. all three endings are very thematically good. appropriate like yeah. it literally it literally comes down to like what is your opinion of walker what mm-hmm. end does mm-hmm. walker deserve yeah. yeah does does walker deserve to embrace his own end does he deserve to flee or does he deserve to embrace the the madness that he's lived through? Right. And that's, that's the ending I, I went for, you know, that's the mm-hmm. one that I felt was the most fitting um, because you, you can't let, let, let the, let the, uh, let the Amigala consume you. Yes. <laughs> Cause you can't, you cannot come back from that. And it felt fitting to have that character embrace the fact that there's, there's no return. And this is the delusion and the mental prison he is going to be a part of forever um, right. for, you know, whoever knows how long, but um, it just, it felt appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it felt nice also to see other characters, it's... especially characters who you've been shooting for the entire game, actively critique your physical mm-hmm. and mental state. That was just mm-hmm. a really, it was a nice thing. You know, it's interesting about all three endings no matter what ending you end up with, Walker is not recovering from the situation. Yeah. Oh, for no, sure. There's, 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 there's no hint that that's even a viable option for him anymore. Right. Like, he, he is not going to get better. He mm-hmm. is simply going to deteriorate or sure. go insane or kill himself. Right. Yeah. Um, and actually, the, I one of the things that I also, like, as a video game player, the segment where you pick between shooting yourself or, um, what's his name? Uh, Conrad. Conrad. The idea that you aim at yourself with two of you on the screen, like it, it's really. I'm trying to like, you know, what I'm talking about where there's like a. You have yeah, a, you're looking at. You're basically you're in the foreground and you're looking into a mirror with you on the left and Conrad on the right. But and like, you can point your gun at Conrad, or you point your gun at yourself, and your reflection is pointing the gun at your own mm-hmm. head. It's cool. It's really interesting, but yeah. the the idea that you're cool. like. The idea that you're doing an over-the-shoulder viewpoint yeah. of aiming a gun at yourself is so bizarre. I've never seen. Yeah. I've never even seen that. Honestly, like, I, I've never I will seen post that. The I've end never. Scene I've never seen Facebook. that attempted, and I don't. I don't know that it could be done better. Like that. Like, like that. That is not a thing where it's just like, oh, we're gonna give the player character the option to shoot themselves and have it be an actual mm-hmm. suicide of your main character and have it actually be the sticking point and have it work too. Right. Because it did, it did work. That I found, I found and it's it like very a very effective. slow, deliberate turn too. I think like they let you weigh the decision mm-hmm. enough 
Um, and it makes sense to put it there after the shock of like having the entire world structure he built for himself get right. swept under the rug. And it's also kind of interesting that like that final like destination where you find out the truth, it's in a glass house, you know. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, so this pro- episode probably shouldn't go over an hour, and we're getting close to that. Um, so I think it's time to wrap it up, unless you guys had anything urgent to add at the end. Um, um, I mean, there's coffee table conversation. Yeah, so I think instead of, like, the coffee table or... I would love to talk more about how this relates to the month as a whole. Um, but we- I, I will say I, I wanted to talk about this game because I think in terms of the potential of video games as art, this is one of the finest examples out there. And let me just say, that does not mean it is the best game. It is not the best artistic game. It is in no way... But, like, okay, so think about it. I can't think of another game that took the elements... That you made more intentional choices with the medium of video games than this. Like, their use of the color, of sound, of composition, of narrative. Telling a story that was worth telling. Mm -hmm. To critique a medium. Like, it was all very meaningful. And, again, not saying it is the, like... You just said it's the most artistic game, game of all just time. You just not, said it's okay, the not, finest yeah, back example down. of art. Yeah, back down, you coward. <laughs> I can't think of a game that does like another game that uses all of like the tools that video games has to offer. I can. To so like, okay, I mean, fine. We're not going to compare. Pr- We're like, not comparing. Wait till, wait till we, yeah, wait till we get to my month, motherfucker. Cool. Like, I'm proud, no, I'm but kidding. I feel like that, <laughs> like I think this I'm is just a super duper you. important game. I um, think. I think that the um, all all uh, butting heads for fun aside, um, <laughs> I actually I, I, I agree with you in a lot of ways. Um, I have issues with the game. Mm. Um, I have issues with the fact that at a lot of times it feels very much still like it's just an FPS like m- military game. Yeah. However, I think that if the 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 intent being and it's weak like. Sometimes we talk about video games' intent, and we can't confirm like what the actual intent is. We mm-hmm. can confirm the intent here. They have mm-hmm. talked about why they made Spec Ops the line, what Spec Ops the line is about, and what kind of meaning they wanted to convey. The idea mm-hmm. that they wanted to critique first-person shooters and morality in first-person shooters by making a first-person shooter is very smart. Also, um, considering what this franchise was since the PlayStation 1. like It's mm-hmm. amazing that this is what we got. Yeah, it's crazy that this is just, like, it's part of a sequence, but it's also, like, this is, like, if you think about it in a sequence, this is an incredibly jarring part of the sequence. Mm -hmm. This is, like, if, like, all of a sudden you're reading Harry Potter and book three gets to existential horror and you're like, oh, God, what's (laughs) going on? The dangers of magic. Yeah, the dangers of magic. Yeah, all of a sudden it's about, like, legitimate, like, demon sacrifice. And that's... and that's why I wanted to talk about war. Like, it's weird that, sort of what I talked about when we talked about Call of Duty, it is not getting into a discussion about the reality and morality of war. It's, that is not for us to they're, do. They're tone deaf. But mm-hmm. it's so weird that, like, one of the most horrific realities on be- of being on this planet is one of the most popular forms of entertainment and games. Mm-hmm. And then for Spec Ops to say, like, hey, y'all, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about it. And um, to say, why are we doing this while making you do it super hard? Yeah. Right. Like the, it, it, there is like there is this is totally a like every every little representation of first person shooters are in here. Like you've got the bombing sequence, the aerial bombing sequence. You have the helicopter right. sequence. You have like it, it totally follows mm-hmm. the the standards of these the this genre of gaming. 
but it it follows the standard of game. It follows the the standards to criticize the standards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I love that like the uh, the white phosphorus segment, like that that those kind of things where you have an aerial cam and you're picking targets. That's such a thing in first person shooters. And yeah. I love that it's, you. And I it's love so that dehumanizing. You, I love that you would do it. Yes, exactly. It's dehumanizing, and then I love that they make you do it, and then make it the most humanizingly horrible thing. Well, and I, I love like also, when they when they said "Let's walk through the wreckage." I yeah. was like, "Oh fuck this! No, but let's I, not walk I, through the wreckage." I love the fact that like during the bombing sequence, if you just look closely, occasionally you'll get little like a reflection of Walker's face in the monitor. Yeah. You know, oh. you're constantly reminded that you are the one making the call. Also, I want to call. Uh, I do want to call a little bit of bullshit on that sequence. I could tell that those were yeah. armed people. Yeah, That's totally. Bullshit. Yeah, I was like, I was like, can we not bomb? I think it's bomb? debatable. I, was like, oh, I don't think it's not? debatable. I did. I was like, can yeah. we not bomb this one? Those are clearly people yeah. running without guns. Like right. that's not. A well, place it's to like bomb. You, you can bomb the tank, which then obliterates everybody. <laughs> yeah, like so. If yeah. you don't actively do it, like they're basically in a trench. So if you bomb a tank next to it, the fo- like you just watch the phosphorus like Blaze. fill that area. totally blazes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like so, this game is constantly like, "Hey, do you want to make a mess?" And you're like, "Yeah." And then the game's like, "Fucking rub your nose in it, bitch." It really like, is. It's like, like the co- it's like, <laughs> it's like the- did you burn the carpet? <laughs> Maybe like rub your face right on that burn. They right. also like telegraph. I'm. I don't know why I'm diving back into details here, but moments. <laughs> I mean, like, I think this is, hour, a deta- this is a detail game. I mean, there's right. so much we could talk about. There's, there's an game. hour. I think an hour before the phosphor scene, you're walking through a plaza. And it cuts to this weird, surreal, green overlay. And then there are just mm. bodies burning in front of you. And they're like, do not touch the bodies. Do not touch the yeah, bodies. Yeah, they do, they so they do they make you see phos- They do make you see the phosphorus in action before. Yeah, and then you're given before. the choice to use it. Right. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I could talk about this game for forever. There's, I, like, I, 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 I just I, think it is like one of the most, like, powerful games i've ever played and i think if not everyone plays it everyone deserves to be fucking aware of it why do you keep throwing out these ever and like i want to agree with i want to agree with you and i think that it's a very like i i agree that like when it comes to the conversation of the greater scope of video games back on our on the coffee table book conversation i do agree that this is definitely a game you brought up i mean it's the it's the most successful critique of first-person shooter violence that I've seen. I don't. I can't think of a better example. That's 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 what I'm trying to say, really. Like, yeah, but you're tossing around you, you're tossing around absolutes left and right. Okay, like it, I can <laughs> like there is no other game that had more of an impact on me. And the, again, I, I just like never when you th- yeah another hype. Hyperbole. Keep going. Not, just throwing being, around absolutes like just, it's no I'm problem. being genuine though. I had it like again. This like these are the games that interested me when I was young, right. and that like mm. that whole like machismo pastiche like really spoke to me when I was young. And then to come around to this where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. why? I'm like, oh, I didn't remember. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Yeah. What, all right. What no, is no, it good I'll, for? I want you to. I want. All right. I'll. I'll with that explanation, like, yeah, I'll give you that. So we all agree this is the best game ever. All right, go. So if you want to, if you want to email us, give him an podcast. You, give him an inch, and he takes a fucking mile. <laughs> um, so critcrewpodcast at gmail um, We got a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash critcrew. Um, I if Caleb actually remembers to make a banner and a post for this, yeah. I will post a video throwing, of the end scene. Throwing shade. 
I am just going to start hold, throwing bombs okay, for the rest of this episode. It. White phosphorus um, bombs. No. No. <laughs> um, no. I will post the last scene where you sort of realize that Conrad... Like, if, if there's anything to watch, it's that. That gives a pretty good summation of the game. And I also think it is the most impactful moment of the game. Mm-hmm. If you um, want to send us fan In all art. video games forever, it is the most important scene of any video game that has ever been made. Period. Uh, <laughs> God, I want Will not you. stop. <laughs> Um, if you if you want to send us fan art of David as Walker standing over burned bodies with me and Caleb as Lugo and Adams fighting in the background, uh, yeah, I'd rather that. not see that. But send that yeah, to turn us into fucking monsters. He's gonna turn us into monsters where he talks about how this is the best game ever, and we're trying I, to sit I here said, like, what about uh, others? I specifically said it wasn't the best game ever. I said it has the most pote- like it is the finest example of video games as an art form. I didn't say that specifically. I said one of, but you said it is the finest you, example. I, I feel the like listening finest I feel, example. I feel like listening Honestly. back on this. He's been doing this the whole podcast. We don't realize that like yeah, we've I've been, been agreeing with you. him, and he's just been <laughs> slipping in like like oh, it's the best use of this I've seen in a game. Like mm. I'm just saying, it's important. It's pretty good. This is the this is the hill I will die it's on. Pretty good. This is the hill you will it's die on. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the war month. Wow. Sorry for taking up. What a great what a great ending you pulled there, David. That's yep. it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut right there with Jesse going. No, I'll, you know what? Maybe I'll even just cut with it saying best game ever. Roll credits. Roll David credits. is dropping truth bombs and is leaving wreckage everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, we got no I'm, one listening. I can I'm say so, whatever the fuck I'm, I want. I'm, I'm burning in, in David's hot truth. <laughs> the hot truth from his bombs that he's dropped from overhead. It's a third-person shooter. What the fuck is going on, guys? Oh, it is a third-person shooter. Oh, it is a third-person shooter. <laughs> the, the entire time, I was like, is he not picking up on this? <laughs>